This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Mariana Santos. She is the founder and CEO of Basile Fitness. She's also a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor and has been in the fitness industry for over 18 years. Welcome, Mariana. It is so great to have you here today with us. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited. And Mariana is coming to us from Ontario, Canada. Yes. So very exciting. Uh, very exciting. We, we love Canada, right? Yes. <laughs> I love Canada. <laughs> yes. I mean, what's not to love? What's not to love? Well, so, you know, I'd, I'd say the, you know, the winters are questionable, <laughs> but yes, everything yes. else. <laughs> everything else is pretty awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yes. the people are the best, honestly. Yes. I've met. So I haven't really met a Canadian I didn't like, quite frankly. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. That's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the song that best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today? Can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> what is your song? Uh, that was my attempt at a air drum, drum roll. roll. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so my song is Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard. Yes, Def Leppard. So this guy is, we have not had the glam rock, you know, come in here yet. So I'm super excited to have Def Leppard. I absolutely love Def Leppard. And they were actually established in 1977. And they're an English uh, rock band. Also, like I had mentioned, they're known as glam metal, glam metal, which is cool. That's a new concept. I didn't, I didn't know that before I looked it up on Wikipedia. But what's cool, cool, I didn't know either, to be honest. (laughs) I'm like, it makes sense though. They were pretty glamorous, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for rock and roll. (laughs) So this album was Hysteria and it came out in 1988. It was number, it hit number two in US. So the Pour Some Sugar On Me hit number two in in the US. And I don't know about Canada. I should have checked that out before the show. (laughs) No worries. <laughs> but I'm quite sure it was around the same. I can say that. Then, you know, what was really cool was about this in particular was that their album right before was Pyromania, and which was also did really well. And that was their third. And then it just com- completely continued to take off, take off and hit that peak in hysteria. Now, they're one of five bands that had original studio albums. So two of them making 10 million, you know, with 10 million copies sold each in the US. Let me tell you what the other bands were. And then you guys would really understand how significant this is. The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Van Halen, Pink Floyd, 
And then Def Leppard was in that top five as well. So really cool. And they sold a whole lot of records and they got had a lot of commercial success. You know, just great, great, memorable, catchy music that you will have in your head all day when you listen to it. So thank you for bringing Pour Some Sugar on Me to Learned It From an 80s Song. No problem. I, I was actually like, I don't know too much about the band's history or anything. But yesterday I was doing a little bit of research on the song and I read that the song almost didn't even make it onto the album. It was like a last minute addition. Yeah. And they almost like, I guess they released some songs from the album that didn't do so well. And then like, Mm -hmm. that was the last single that they attempted and it just blew up. So it's pretty interesting. It is. It is interesting. And those, when those, just that want those small things that can end up being huge discoveries you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's it's really amazing so great song choice so tell us (laughs) this is part of the show where you get to tell us your story so mariana would you mind sharing your story with us sure so yeah so the reason i chose this song is because i think ever since i was a teenager like just growing up i had a lot of issues with uh self-confidence and my body image and I used to be very, very shy and, you know, like had a really hard time, you know, really putting myself out there. Right. And when I was 14, my dad got a job in Sao Paulo, Brazil. My parents are Brazilian, but I was born and raised here in Canada. And so at that point, like I didn't speak the language yet. You know, like I I moved to Brazil, had to do high school in Brazil, just like your your son is now doing it in Switzerland. And it was it was a big culture shock. Right. Like everything wow. was new. I had to learn the language. I had to adapt to a culture that was very much more about, you know, they, they're more focused on their appearance than mm. they are here in Canada. So that was quite the shock for me. But it also just taught me to start taking care of myself more and knowing that and realizing that, like, I don't have to just play sports to be yes, healthy and yes. fit, right? And I think that when I was growing up in school, it was like gym class where you play sports or like nothing <laughs> for movement, right. right? Right. And yeah, so that was quite the eye opener for me. And then I got involved in fitness and Brazilian music and dance. And when I came back to Canada, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is my calling. And I'm going to work in fitness, which was funny because everyone who knew me from high school, they were like, well, like, you know, middle school before I went to Brazil, they were like, but you hate gym class. Like, right. now you're a personal trainer and you're teaching group exercise. Yeah. And- <laughs> So it was pretty funny. And then that just kind of, and when I started, it was, I was still pretty shy. And the first class I started teaching was a Les Mills program called Body Combat. So if you've done Body Combat, instructors aren't typically shy (laughs) teaching Body Combat, right? Like you need to be able to like, yeah, and like scream and stuff. And for me, it was like, and now we're going to punch. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it was very difficult for me. And I remember that my uh, manager at the time, like, because with Les Mills, you go through a whole training process, right? Mm-hmm. And she flat out told me that she didn't think I had what it took because <gasps> it, I was just very like too quiet and everything. And I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if that triggered something for me. Mm-hmm. It's triggering me. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it just hit me where I started to realize, I'm like, you know what? Like when I'm on stage teaching, no one else knows that I'm shy. I know I'm shy, but these people, they don't know I'm shy. And I just started to create this character for myself for when I was teaching classes. And that character was someone who was super confident and super outgoing and just didn't care about what other people thought. 
Yeah. And that just became like a persona. <laughs> so, right. and that, and then, and that same team leader told me after, like, after I passed uh, the, the assessment and everything, she's like, I've never seen anyone like just kind of change so rapidly. So that came with building like that confidence through a character that slowly mm-hmm. translated to other areas of my life too. And it's funny because like, I'm still pretty introverted. Like I'm, I, that's still who I am. And, and when I was younger, like, you know, people would take my classes and they would run into me at a nightclub or stuff. They expected me to be the life of the party. And that's just not who I was, you know, like it was me on stage, (laughs) but not, but not my everyday me. Right. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And so with this song, like, and I think I mentioned it to you a little bit earlier is that I started to become like, I used to love going to eighties nights. So there was a club here in Ottawa called Barrymore's. They, I'm not sure if they still do because it's a long time ago, but they had 80s nights every every Sunday, and oh. I remember that was my favorite like nightclub, like I, mm-hmm. uh, like so much better than the other nightclubs because it just uh, it it felt like the vibe was very like inclusive. You were free to be who you wanted, and no one was trying to like look better than anyone else. Like you had you had permission to have your own style. And, and I really loved it. And the song and every, all my friends knew that my song was always pour some sugar on me. Yes. <laughs> and it was just a song that made me feel so confident and sexy. Yeah. And yeah. So that's how, that's why that song was like a no brainer right. when you asked me <laughs> what song it Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's so, yeah, because it's so, that confidence that you had. And in that moment when the person, you know, had shared with you that she didn't think you had what it took and you showed her otherwise and then right and so you know and sometimes I don't know about you but I I just find for myself that if someone says I can't do something you know Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn around and show them that I can you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's just kind of like an invitation and I actually had a very similar experience when I started teaching group fitness so I Mm -hmm. I was in the industry for a good 25 years and what had happened was I was taking step classes and I was just a participant and I was, you know, I loved, you know, I really loved it, but I was terrible. Like, I'll, I'll tell you, I was tripping all over the step and, you know, I'm five eleven, and, you know, so it's noticeable when I'm making mistakes and I can't just blend in. Right. Um, and then the, you know, the risers would flip up or, you know, you know, you know, the experience you can, you can Mm -hmm. imagine what that looked like, but I had somebody, the instructor came up to me afterward and said, you know, I just don't think step is your thing. And that was about all it took to show otherwise. And then I ended up becoming a step instructor, you know, and, you know, and I was in New York City auditioning, you know, with all the clubs and and top step there. And, you know, and and I saw, so I look back and on one hand, you know, I'm irritated that they they said that to me, but then on the other hand, it kind of gave me that fire to sh- prove otherwise. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, it does take me longer to do certain things, to learn certain things, just mm-hmm. biomechanically, it just takes me longer. But what that offers for me is that I'm a good teacher mm-hmm. because I can teach to the person who may mm-hmm. not be able to uh, get it at first try, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. And honestly, like, I think that we all have like our unique gifts and talents, right? And, and we're all like, you know, there are people out there waiting for that specific person to help them, right? Mm -hmm. So there are people that only you can help, there are people that only I can help. I really 
firmly believe that. And, you know, I think that we all have like our, our unique traits. Like I, I think that I'm like pretty, like I have really good musicality when it comes to dance and I have pretty good coordination. I didn't grow up dancing as a kid or anything. Like I learned when I moved to Brazil and I'm sure there are way better, more like technical dancers out there, but bot like step is something I could not do. <laughs> like, right. Right. So, and, and maybe if I had given it a more of a try, it, it just, I have this huge fear of falling and hurting myself. So then right. I couldn't like look at the instructor and then because I was always looking down at my feet and making sure that I wasn't falling. So I just resonated more with dance. And, but again, like maybe if I had kept going, I would have been better at step. Right. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yes, but you found what you, what really resonates with you and that's what's yeah. most important. And you like that, uh, the body combat and, and Les yeah. Mills has some great programs. I taught body yeah. comp in the uh, yeah, 19th. I, yeah, I did so. too. Yeah, so I did body body combat, then body pump, then body jam. I became the youngest body jam team leader in Ottawa. I was like 21 or 22. So that was a really cool experience. And then I taught Zumba and other programs. But yes, and then and then you developed your your program, which I I can't wait to talk more about. (laughs) Uh, Before we get there, I just want to speak to the bravery that you had as a youngster you know, in high school, moving to Brazil, not knowing the language, and just that level of vulnerability that you must have felt like you had mentioned your parents were from Brazil, correct? Yeah, originally, Mm -hmm. but you grew up in Canada. So you grew up speaking English. Yeah, so it was always like my parents, to this day, it's kind of like this, like they'll speak to me, like my sisters and I, either in English or Portuguese. And my sisters and I always just respond in English. In like English. It was like kind of kind of this thing where like, I don't want to speak your language, you know, like right. growing up, but we always understood it. So that helped, of course. Like, of course, I didn't understand everything. Like Brazil is such a gigantic country. So, uh, and, and my mom is like from like the Amazon region in Brazil. Wow. And my dad's from like super South. And yeah. we went to yeah. live in Sao Paulo, which is more like Southeast, right? Yes. And yes. so it was like the, like the slang is different from like the accent is different from region to region. So it's very like, it was hard <laughs> to Definitely. adjust to for sure. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And, and also like in Canada, like we have such like a huge diverse group mm-hmm. of immigrants, like we have people from all over the world. Like I grew up like with people from all over the world and it was just normal. Like, you know, I had people in my classes who had all types of accents and like, that was never a reason to like make fun of people or right. to, like point out, you know, right. in Brazil, like it wasn't the same experience for, for me and my sisters, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because they weren't like, they didn't have that very often. Yes. So, so when, you know, people found out that I was from Canada, it was like, it was kind of like I was from like outer space. Like they were like, what do you mean? Like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, like you're from a first world country. Why are you here? And like, just like these weird questions. And, and then first they would say like, oh, you're so quiet. You never talk. And then when I talk, they'd be like, oh, did you see that she said that wrong? So cute that she said it that way. And it's like, uh, ugh, you know, like, so I couldn't win, you know? Yes. A- anything I did, like, I was like, eyes were always on Always me. on you. And, yeah. And it, I didn't like that because like I said, I'm an introvert, right? So right. I didn't like all that attention. And now I see that like, it was really like, 
at that point too, like, obviously I was not happy about moving to Brazil, right? Like right. as a teenager, leaving all my friends, you know, it wasn't my choice. So I was yeah. looking yeah. for reasons to be upset about the situation. Of course. Right? <laughs> so, yes. And you're in high yeah. school. So yeah, I mean, there's a, there is that too, you know, that component, yeah. you know, in high school, you know, sometimes you just want to be one of the crowd, you know, you want to yeah. be able to blend in and all that. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like all eyes are on you, you know, mm-hmm. and that it's, that is makes it even it just magnifies right as a teen as a teenager yeah and even like the teachers like the teachers weren't prepared for that situation like my Portuguese teacher like I assumed that the teachers would be informed that they now Mm -hmm. had three Canadians in the school who didn't really speak the language right and my Portuguese teacher like had no clue so like the first like she was one of those people who like barely smiled so she was like okay good morning class open your book read page one to five and summarize it for me. And it's like, I've never written anything in Portuguese. You wow. know? Like, and so I went up to her and like, I introduced myself and like, obviously I had a very thick accent at that point, but like my name is Brazilian. Right. So like, maybe it didn't like click for mm-hmm. her. And I was like, I don't know, you know, how to write yet. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, I thought that she would just kind of put two and two together. Like, cause I thought that she right. had been informed. Right. right. And she was just like, what do you mean? You don't know how to write yet. You're 14 years old. Like, and I was like, oh uh, I'm from Canada, like, you know, so it was very, very interesting. Oh, yeah. my God. It sounds <laughs> and then so incredibly the painful. The week, yeah. And then at the <laughs> end of the week, and at this point, I was just like hiding in my corner, trying not to talk to anyone. And at the end of the week, we had English class. And I guess at that point, the English teacher had found out that there was, you know, that I was there. Yes. And, she, and she was like, oh, so as you guys must know, we have a Canadian in the class. And everyone was like, who? you know and then and then it was like just all eyes on me all these questions and people wanting to copy my English homework sit behind me on English tests you know like (laughs) yeah the most popular girl in English class yeah (laughs) yeah not in a such a good way but yeah so it was not not a comfortable experience but definitely a big growing experience for me yeah exactly yeah no doubt Wow. I, I mean, what, I mean, I just, I commend that experience for you because me as mature and coming to another country as I have and learning the new, the language of German, learning a language, I mean, it is so challenging. And I know it's challenging. Part of being in Switzerland is that I have a year to study German and pass an exam for the family. Oh, wow. Yeah. As the accompanying spouse. So I'm the accompanying spouse for, with my husband and 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 for the family, the you know generally that accompanying spouse takes this exam for the family so that one member of the family can communicate in German. And it was so funny because last week I was supposed to take my German exam. I had been cramming for a whole year. I had been, I mean, I was dreaming in German. Um, oh my yeah, yeah. And, and I got a call the night before, and my examiner was sick. So it was like I'd had this date on the schedule for six months. I had you know, was so nervous, you know, because it is so intimidating and you feel so vulnerable trying to speak the language, you know, and you know, you're not saying things exactly right. When I read your story, I was like, wow, you know, I, I understand this more than I, and and then to be a teen on top of it all, like that, Mm -hmm. just that, I mean, kudos to you. It's why you have that fighting sense about you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think so. And and I think that like, honestly, like when I look back at my life, I think that the most challenging experiences are the ones that really like help me to grow into the person that I'm supposed to be. And I think that sometimes we expect life to be so like easy peasy and we don't realize right. that those right. like big, difficult moments are the ones that are yes. like, you're yeah. going to remember, right? And that you're going to learn from. So I think that sometimes we just need to embrace the challenge and understand it's part of life. Absolutely. No, that's such a great point. And it's almost like, you know, these life experiences that we've had, they're gifts, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, it doesn't feel like that, you know, when you're in it, but then afterward, it's like, the, I, you know, when I go back to the US, I'm going to live life totally differently because of the experiences yeah. that I've had here. And, you know, and I'm grateful for that. And so, yeah, so cool. Yeah. And now that you've mentioned that, like, I'm just going to point out something that like I realized, like when I was growing up, like I, we started this call with me saying how much I love Canada, but that was not the case when I was growing up. Like I was very much like the grass is over, always greener. Right. Like I, I grew up like wanting to be American. I was like, I, why was I born in Canada? Yeah. Like I want to live in the States. Like, and I just never yeah. really gave Canada the credit it deserved. Yes. And when I moved to Brazil, not the first time as a teenager, because that experience was a little bit more challenging. It wasn't my decision to go. I did go back later at 25 really? okay. by myself. Cool. And at that point, I lived there for almost six years. And when I came back to Canada this time, like it's just like with completely new eyes, like just like really understanding how blessed I am to have been born here. And because there are amazing things in Brazil and that's part of like why I created my program. But mm-hmm. there is also a lot of poverty. There's a lot of corruption. There are a mm-hmm. lot of sad things that unfortunately people need to learn to live with. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that when you move and, and you allow yourself to live other experiences, it changes your perspective on life in general. A hundred percent opens up your mind to so many different perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah. So great. Well, this yeah. is a great, great time to segue into your strengths. And, uh, and I, you, I know you took the via strengths based assessment and I actually have them right in front of me and I can actually already hear some of the, of, of those traits that you have coming out. But if you don't, if you don't mind, I can read your top five out. Sure. Sure. Okay. So Marianne is uh, top via strengths. So we, we do this every episode, the via strengths are values in action. So this is an assessment that you can take and it, it is your 24 character strengths. And this assessment was developed by Seligman and Peterson. This is a completely free assessment you can take online. It has been heavily, heavily researched, but these are 24 character strengths that we all have. It puts it out in a ranking order so that you can see, you know, what your uh, signature strengths are. And Mariana's signature strengths, her top five strengths are really who she is at the core. And she has a beautiful top five. And I'm going to tell you what that is right now. So she's got love coming in at number one, spirituality at number two, creativity at three, gratitude at four, and fairness at five. So I think we all want to be around Mariana with all of these (laughs) strengths that she has. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and she's got kind yeah, she's got kindness coming in at her top 10 as well. So mm-hmm. yes. But I would love to hear from your perspective. Like when you took this via strengths assessment, how did it align and how did you realize these strengths 
thinking back to your experience? Well, I thought it was interesting because I think maybe like two months ago, I have a friend of mine, she does like a lot of work with astrology. So she did mm-hmm. like my, my map. And she said that oh, my cool. top thing, like my mission in life is love, like everything is led by love. So when I took this, I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and it makes sense to me because like, I think that's kind of the heart of my program too, is just that everything starts with love. So mm-hmm. I think that when we when we love ourselves more and we love like we're more capable of loving others. So that's always been part of my mission is to teach people to first love themselves and other and second, like love other people more and mm-hmm. under, understanding differences and understand that like, you're never going to find someone who's going to agree with you a hundred percent of the time. But if you can love them, you'll always get through it. Right. So yeah, I thought it was really interesting, especially like number one, because I think that's the heart of my my program. Really amazing. I can see that. I can see that. And I, I'm, I'm, we're going to take a deep dive into that program in, in a moment, because I know everybody is dying to know about it and how it, how it came about and everything. But what the best part, you know, one thing about love is that you have empathy and tolerance and forgiveness yes. in relationships. Mm-hmm. And with that, health, you get health and longevity of those relationships. So mm-hmm. people who have love in their top strengths have longer term, you know, relationships, longevity in the relationships as well. So that's really, a really amazing, mm-hmm. really amazing. And then with, you've got spirituality coming in at two. And that what that really is, is about a coherent belief about a higher purpose and then meaning. So it really comes mm-hmm. down to you know, people confuse spirituality, you know, with, you know, religion. a religion. Exactly. Yeah. But this is more about a deeper meaning, a deeper, a deeper purpose to mm-hmm. you and your relationship with the universe. Yes. And that, I think that is like basically what drives my life and what keeps me going. It, it's funny because like I've always, had this kind of fire in me to start working on my mission, like I'd say for about maybe like five, six years, but only in the past year have I actually gotten up like the courage to actually chase it because it felt so big, you know? And I was like, well, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm like, it's like the universe was telling me like, this is what you have to do. I'm like, but universe, how? (laughs) Like I have no money. I have no reason. Show me the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, so I put it off for a long time and, and I just like, eventually I was like, no, like, screw it. This is what I have to do. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. felt like as soon as I made that decision, like all these doors started to open, you know, I started to get connected with the right people. Not that like we've officially launched or we haven't even like officially trained instructors yet, but I can see that the pieces are falling in place at the right time, just because I've been like so true to, to my mission. So yeah, like I totally That's agree. That's so great. And I feel like this is a great time. We, we'll talk about the other strengths as we go, but I really want to go into that a little bit, talking about your your business and Brazilian fitness. And mm-hmm. I want to hear more about how it all became came about for you and about, you know, really what your mission is. Yeah. So so like I said, when I came back after high school, I came back to to Canada, went into college, started teaching group fitness, became a personal trainer. I worked at a pretty big chain here. I think it's the biggest one in Canada, Good Life Fitness. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, for about oh, yeah. eight, yeah, for about eight years. Uh, so that's where I started my career. And then it's funny because like I use this people who work at Good Life understand this, but I say like at 25, I had my mid good life crisis <laughs> and I just decided, <laughs> I just decided that like something was missing in my life and it just felt like I wasn't doing like, everything that I could to really help people the way that I wanted mm -hmm. to. And then I just like had this crazy thought. I'm like, and I couldn't stand winter anymore. And I'm like, oh, like I hate every time winter would come around. I'm like, oh my God, like, why am I here? And so at 25, I just decided to up and leave. I moved to Brazil again wow. by myself with like almost no money. Like now when I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like it was right. just so, so crazy. And in Brazil too, I knew that I wouldn't be able to work in my field because in Brazil, you have to have a phys ed degree to be a personal trainer, to teach group wow. fitness. Wow. So I knew I wouldn't be able to do that. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I ended up in Rio. And uh, after a little while, I, at first I went down south for like when where my dad's family was, got, uh, got situated and stuff, ended up going to Rio because like I found his hometown, like almost as cold as Canada. And I was like, no way. <laughs> so <Yeah>. went to <laughs> Rio um, and I got a job teaching English within like two weeks of getting there. and then you know, started teaching English. And and one of my things, like when I got there, I was like, I'm going to participate in the 2014 World Cup. Like I love the World Cup. I'm wow. going to volunteer. I'm going to do something with the World Cup. And through one of my English students, uh, I actually got referred to work uh, at the World Cup. So I became a stadium manager and I got to travel. I got to see some of the the game. So like, it was awesome. Wow. And, yeah. And then when I came back, I met my husband who's from the North of Brazil had just moved to Rio and I had been living there for a little while already. And he was also a dance fitness instructor. So oh he God. started teaching at the gym that I was working out at. I took his class and the rest is history. <laughs> and wow. uh, yeah, so then, and then together we, we opened an English school in Rio, a small English school. But then it just always felt like it's not what I was supposed to be doing, you know, like I, yes. I missed the fitness and like, and, and I was able to teach with him. So like, we started choreographing uh, some songs together. And there, like, like, there's a big range of different music styles in Brazil. So yeah. he's from the yeah. north. So like, there's a particular style in the north that was more popular than in Rio. And in Rio, like the key thing is Brazilian funk. And that yeah. was just not his thing. And I told him, like, look, like, if you want people to come to your classes in Rio, you need to learn Brazilian funk. Yes. <laughs> so then I started to help him with that because I had been there for a little while. So then every time there was like a song that was a little like too girly for him or whatever, he would have me teach <laughs> to the group. That's great. So I still had that contact. Uh, so it was teaching every once in a while, but just not enough. And then we, you know, had been together for a while and started thinking about having a family. And I just couldn't see myself, you know, raising a kid in Rio, yeah. unfortunately. So we came to Canada, I brought him to live mm -hmm. in the cold. And now we have a daughter who's almost two. Oh, and congrats. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, so everything is working out. I started working in my field again. And, and just like, like I said, like maybe about a year before coming back to Canada, I started having this idea. I'm like, Oh, my God, wouldn't it be cool to share like this very like unique approach to fitness and lifestyle? from Brazil, because it's just so different. And I learned that like, not so much the first time around, because I think my eyes were just like, mm -hmm. I was just trying to block out everything right. that was good. I was so mad at my parents for making right. me move to Brazil, you know? Yes. And the second time it was completely different. Like I went on my own, 
I understood that I had to learn Portuguese better and uh, like, because, you know, it was my choice. No one was forcing me to go. And then I was just more open to understanding all the good, amazing things that Brazil has to offer. And like, to be honest, a lot of that I learned through my husband because wow. he is like, he's so like one of those people who's just always in a good mood. Like everything's mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. great in his life. And he just doesn't let little things get to him. He just is mm -hmm. very good about living in the moment and showing gratitude. Like he's just grateful for oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. And uh, so that has helped me like tremendously because I've been, I'm very ambitious. Like I know what I want to, uh, what I want to achieve in life. And like I said, it seems like a very big thing. And it's like, but sometimes I'm like, no, I want it today. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. I don't want it in two years. Like I want it no, today. And now. He's, like the one who kind of like, Okay, Marianne, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen when God wants it to happen. Right, so, right. Slow down, right. enjoy the journey, you know? Yes. So he's been helping me with that a lot. And, and just like little things, like Brazilians are just so spontaneous. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I remember like so many times this has happened where he, he, like just a few weeks ago, he called me. He's like, oh, so just so you know, like uh, I have so-and-so here with his wife, like they're coming over for lunch. And, and I'm just like, what? Like the house is a mess. We have no right. food. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh my God. And then it ended up being one of like the best times with them, you know, because wow. we ended up going to this poutine fest, which is like a traditional yes. like food from Canada. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like French fries, gravy and cheese. So it ended up being such a fun experience. And if I had just like stayed like, no, sorry, we can't have people over because I wasn't informed right. in time, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I started to reflect that so much of my life in Brazil was like that, like like hey what are you doing let's go to the beach oh what are you doing now like are you going let's have like a impromptu barbecue and like you know it was just everything was so like at the last minute and what was so cool about that it was that you realize that you attract the right people into your life right right, because right. the right people aren't going to care if your house is a mess they're no. not going to care if you like didn't plan things out properly mm -hmm. right they're just going to care about that moment that they're going to share with you right it's, and absolutely. so that's kind of what I, I'm trying to create with Brazilian yes. fitness. So yes, like we're, we're trying to, you know, expose them to uh, expose people to Brazilian music and uh, Brazilian dance. And we have other programs down the road, but it's really just the essence is the heart and soul from Brazil that I think mm -hmm. everyone could use a little bit more in their life. So like yeah. take all the amazing traits from Brazil and join them with, you know, the amazing traits in every other country. And I think that would, it's like the perfect recipe for a happier wow. life. And, yeah yes. so that's really cool yeah so it's really i mean it's not just a method of moving it's like it's it encompasses an entire you know methodology really yeah 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 and it's it's just it's to build community right i mm -hmm. think that especially now like after the pandemic people are craving social connection more than ever right so yes just giving people the opportunity to connect on a deeper level like especially for fitness instructors to have more tools to connect with their participants. Like I've heard through a lot of market research that I've done that sometimes uh, fitness instructors feel like they, you know, especially when they work for bigger gyms, they don't have the opportunity to really connect enough with their members, right? Outside mm -hmm. of the classes. So we're really trying to come up with a way where not only do instructors build that connection outside of the classes, but they get their clients better results and they also generate income through other means and not just you know trading time for dollars like with classes right so wow such a good point 
You know, you bring up such a good point because I don't think people understand that, mm -hmm. you know, group fitness instructors, you know, they pro obviously provide, I mean, I did it for so many years. We provide an amazing uh, service, right? And mm -hmm. from the management standpoint, I was in fitness management, you know, I, we really relied on fitness instructors, you know, for that, that bringing that energy to the club. Now, here's the hard part with group fitness is that, you know, they, you know, they teach one class or two classes if they're lucky at that one location, and then they have to go somewhere else. And, yeah. and you bring up such a good point about the social aspect and that community building, because, you know, I think instructors would have loved to stick around and, and hang out with the members and mm -hmm. be able to continue to build that community but they have mm -hmm. to get to their next gig so they can pay their bills, yeah. right? Exactly. And because it's not really factored in, but how amazing would it be like with your program to be able to have that, you know, that, that, that revenue so that mm -hmm. they can build that community within mm -hmm. and which they love to do and they do it naturally most, you know, yeah. like you, even the introverts, right? Yeah. Um, Cause there are so many that instructors that are introverted. Yes. They have yeah. a little per different persona and, and, you know, when they're up there, you know, uh, on stage and, and teaching in front of the room, you know, but that building of community, like you had mm -hmm. said, uh, you know, fitness facilities and could really factor that in. They, I don't mm -hmm. think, I think they would get such a return on their business, you know, and I think it's brilliant 100%. what you're doing. Yeah, because like, I think that people underestimate the impact that fitness professionals can have on people's lives. And, and I think that it, it, it's like, you know, when you, when you take a flight, like, what do they say? Like, put your own, your oxygen mask on first before you put someone else's on, right? Absolutely. And I think that's what's starting to happen with the fitness industry is like, they're starting to realize like, man, like I've spent all this time taking care of other people, but I haven't been taking care of myself, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm running around from teaching class to class, like all these classes, not getting paid enough, barely have time to spend with my family, especially like as we start to age and we start to have kids and, and it's exactly. like, start to realize, like, I can't work 14 hour days anymore, mm -mm. you know? Mm -mm. And uh, so it becomes unsustainable and which is a shame because I think that if we were to help fitness instructors have more work-life balance and they would be able to help way more people. Oh, um, so many. And, and that's, exactly what people need like people you know ob obesity levels are just on the rise like and they're just like going to get scarier and scarier disease all these things that we as fitness professionals have the ability to change but it starts with us taking care of ourselves first too so and and demanding <laughs> that we are you know appreciated and valued like i remember at good life when i like i think i started teaching like maybe for like 25 bucks a class or something yep. And I still had to pay for my own batteries for my mic. And it's like, right. what do you mean? You know, and then right. what about all the time that I spent learning my choreography, practicing, like none of that I was ever paid for, you know, oh none goodness. of my travel time, like from getting from gym to gym, like, you know, to teach, none of that was ever factored into my pay. So it's hard to like not feel resentful of that after a while, right? Yeah, I still get, I still get fired up about it because it's just, yeah. I know now looking back at what value you know, mm -hmm. I brought in those times early on, especially when I, you know, when I was younger and it was many years ago. And like you said, I probably started at a very similar rate and back in the day. And, and you know, and I think that there are instructors out there that still make that type of wage, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Because it hasn't changed. I mean, yeah. in some and companies I, it has, but not, not across not the lot. board. Mm -hmm. And I think with the pandemic, 
things have to change because right now gyms are having a really hard time getting staff back because during the pandemic, people have been exposed to different ways to make money, right? So some people have even stepped completely out of their career and, you know, taken a desk job or some sort of remote position just to be able to pay the bills and have realized that that's actually less stressful for them, right? Because they have the stable paycheck, they can spend more time with their family, but they still miss like doing what they're passionate about, right? So I think that we need to come together and come up with a way where instructors are motivated to work again in what they're passionate about. We're giving them the resources they need, all the tools they need to succeed, to help more people, because otherwise like it's gonna be very scary if Mm -hmm. we don't do that. Yeah, so that's really great perspective. And I love that. And yes, that is built into your business, that whole community feel that taking care of that revenue stream for instructors as well, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So we're collaborating with some awesome people to help us, especially on the business side of things. But like, we're really like our whole mission is to get a community of instructors together, Mm -hmm. all passionate about the same thing and have calls where one learns from the other, like, you know, like, hey, like, I try this in my region, it's doing really well, like, and then someone will get it an idea. Oh, like, I didn't know that was possible. And they can try that in their region, yes. right? And just everyone learning from each other and building their own little communities mm-hmm. in very special ways. So I'm, I'm super excited. Wow. Well, I'm super excited. And, and I, I, I just think you're really paving the way for a future and uh, fitness too, and, and building that community. And and bringing some of that that love back, you know, with yes. your number one strength. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And our first program is the one that we're now getting ready to launch is Brazilian dance. I think I talked about mm-hmm. it a little bit, but it's uh, it's all with Brazilian music and Brazilian dance, and so it's all about like connecting to your own love, loving yourself <laughs> through dance, yes. tapping into your sensuality and allowing yourself to feel sexy. And that's why I think the pour some sugar on me sugar song on me. Really, really resonates with me because I think that that's what helped me along the way is just learning to love myself more through dance. And like that built my confidence. I, I don't think people realize how, like, I think that there's a lot of this in the fitness industry where like, yes, take this class and you can burn a thousand calories in an hour when I think that that's the least important benefit of dance. Right, right. Like, I think there's so many amazing benefits that you can get from dancing. And like the biggest one for me is confidence, right? So when you take a class and you like don't quite master the skills, the first class, but then you try it again and then you keep going and you get better and better and better. That confidence that you build translates into like, every other area of your life right Mm -hmm. and that's what we need so our program is very much a dance essence so we are not too focused on like calorie burn so we are going to encourage instructors to sometimes stop and preview a move if they need to like a certain combo just to give participants that like little bit of a feel of what's to come so they can prepare and it's it's like the idea is just dance right so There are going to be some songs that are a little bit easier to follow, but there always will be a challenging aspect so that people stay engaged because if things are too easy, people lose interest very quickly, right? So you want to have that level of progression from class to class. So the way I I describe it is like we're kind of bridging the gap between like the very overly simplified dance fitness programs, but not quite as complex as like a dance studio class, right? Right. So you still get a really good workout. 
but the dance element will always be there. Exactly. So you bring up two great points, which is number one about positive emotions. Uh, you know, I, I study positive psychology. And so in your program and the dance, really your emphasis is on building the connection, building those positive emotions. And what's so interesting is that adherence to exercise. If you want people Mm -hmm. to exercise, if they feel that positive emotion, what that's going to do is they'll remember that. And so then Mm -hmm. they'll go back and do it again. So you kind of get this upward spiral from Fredrickson is of, you know, of positive emotions. And Mm -hmm. then you get that adherence to exercise. So it, I mean, and that's that in of itself. Yeah, they're they're gonna they may burn more calories over time because guess what? Mm-hmm. They're not gonna yep. quit. They're not gonna just yep. stop. They're gonna want And they'll to get do more it. confident with the steps, right? Because there's always gonna be like a foundational base to the the choreography that they'll get more they'll get more comfortable with the beat, they'll get more comfortable with the style, right? And then just gradually with time, naturally they'll burn more calories, right? Yes, and, exactly. But they won't even be worried about that. Worried anymore, about that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. And, you know, you bring up a great point about just the right amount of challenge. Mm -hmm. So it's like to get into that flow state, you want to be Mm -hmm. doing something that you're, you know, fairly, you feel fairly good at with Mm -hmm. the right amount of challenge, right? And so Mm -hmm. you're providing that, like, just enough challenge to have Mm -hmm. everybody feel that success, that success in the room and build the confidence, that mastery Mm -hmm. and music brings people together. So yeah. the emphasis of the, the Brazilian music is amazing and that energy it that it brings and that there is you know. nothing like it. Like, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm pretty biased, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but like, I honestly, like, I don't listen to anything else. Like all I listen to is Brazilian music and because it's just, it's so, so dynamic, so fun. There's such like a wide range. Like I mentioned before, like, I think most people are like, have heard of Samba before, but like, Samba is just like the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. And I think now Anita is a Brazilian artist who's now starting to go more, you know, international and people are starting to, you know, hear a Brazilian funk through her. And I think that's opening up the doors to other artists and mm-hmm. other styles. So I'm very excited about it. Super because excited. I think that, and especially like there are so many Brazilians living abroad now, right? And they're looking for a way to connect to their roots too, right? So giving them the opportunity to d- take a class that reminds them of, you know, when they were growing up and their mm-hmm. family and, you know, it helps them to be culture. less homesick, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, culture. Really love that. Love that. So great. Now, I'm obviously in the show notes, we're going to have how you can actually access this. So audience, you're going to know how to dance with Mariana. <laughs> My next question to you would be, we always have an action item for our audience. and you know, for you, what would be the number one action item or a big takeaway for our audience today? So my favorite thing to do uh, for people, even people who haven't danced before, but just for them to start to realize the power of dance. This is something I, I always tell my personal training clients to do. Any of my coaching clients is to create a playlist of your favorite songs, like the songs that really, you know, make you feel like excited and get that playlist ready and as you're going about getting ready for your day like brushing your teeth getting dressed have that playlist going in the background and just dance to it 
and mm-hmm. don't care about like who's watching or not like you know maybe exactly you're dance like no one's watching exactly exactly <laughs> and just like those few minutes those few minutes where you just let loose and dance will set a completely different tone to the rest of your day yes. so yes. just just that in itself shows the magic of dance in just a few minutes so if you were to do it even more regularly just unlimited like possibilities like honestly like i tell people like i wouldn't like i'm sure that i wouldn't be here on this podcast with talking about my business if Mm -hmm. i hadn't started dancing right like i definitely wouldn't have built enough because it's not easy to start a business from scratch right not at all i think that sometimes like people have these big dreams and they don't go after them because they haven't done the work to build their confidence and i think that dance is an amazing way to do that. And I completely recommend yes. it. <laughs> yes. It's so many benefits. And I love the playlist. It can really mm-hmm. set your mood. And you're absolutely right. And there's so much science behind that about mm-hmm. how even in the workplace, when happier mm-hmm. music was playing in the background, it yeah. increased productivity. People can help find their identity through music. They can, you know, you know it helps them, you know, feel more connected. You know, there's so mm-hmm. many benefits. It changes your mood. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how yeah. this podcast came about, you know, because yeah. music is a metaphor and, you know, and for many, and it really invites deeper thought and different perspectives. And like, pour some sugar on me. That song to you felt very confident and sexy and, you know, mm-hmm. raw, you know, and that's what you bring into your brand. And that was also yeah. what that experience was for you as a youngster, you know moving definitely yes amazing well i love what you're doing and absolutely Mm -hmm. audience please in the show notes you'll see it check it out before Mm -hmm. we sign off with mariana i would love mariana we talked a little bit about i know you were just a baby in the 80s but you know you know what was it about that night you know when you were dancing and you had mentioned it earlier in the show about you know you no one cared about what you know each other was wearing or what was just Mm -hmm. everybody being together Tell us a little more about that night and how that, or those nights with the DJ, the 80s DJ, and how that made you feel. Yeah. So I think that, like, I, I think I mentioned a lot about how, like, you know, finding your sensuality, feeling sexy. But I think one thing I didn't mention is that that can be a different thing to everyone. Right. Yes. So yes. as I, like, when I was younger, I used to love those, like, punk rock bands. So mm-hmm. I was like that girl, like that emo girl <laughs> with. <laughs> with like you know black nails and like yes, sneakers yes. i hate like to this day like i cannot stand wearing heels but the way i dress makes me feel sexy you know right, like right. i think that that was what i really loved about those nights is that everyone had their own style and it didn't matter like if anyone else uh, anyone was doing something different because that was their thing you know and i think that we should have like be encouraged to do that more right Mm -hmm. find what is sexy to you not for like because you're trying to impress anyone else but like because you want to feel great in your own skin right so finding little things that make you feel amazing is the secret like even for me like i work from home but i know that if i wear earrings like i will feel more confident to get my work done like that's my thing i like to have spray a little like body spray to make me like feel a little bit more confident i'm not a huge makeup person I'm wearing slippers right now, (laughs) but you know, but that can be something different for everyone, you know? So finding that thing that makes you feel good from the inside out. And I think that that's what I really 
loved about those 80s, 80s nights yes. that I used to go to. Yeah, and it really, I feel like when you said that, it reminded me of the 80s in that way. There were so many different trends happening pretty much mm-hmm. at the same time. So you could be, mm-hmm. you know, like you had said, really going goth at the same time, yeah. as, you know, wearing leg warmers at the same time as, you yeah. know. So there were just so many statements being made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes on, you know, as a youngster, I was just a, you know, a, a teen at the time, a young teen, you know, and uh, you know, I'm quite sure I had it all going on at the same time. And they probably, but yeah. it didn't matter, right? Because it was the 80s. And and I think that- but Let me tell right. you about, about the leg warmers. Like, I mean, while I was living in Rio, like, I don't know now because I've been back for four years, but like leg warmers were like, very much it. still a thing. I got it. <laughs> I have some. I'm like, yeah. why not? Because I'm very and like, functional. And in Brazil, like in Rio, like where I was living, it was very much like everyone gets like really like dressed up to go to the gym. <laughs> Everything really? has to be matching really? perfectly. And yeah, so it's wow, a completely wow. different vibe and very like bright. Like the clothing is not just like black and gray and white, you know, it's like yeah. very like uh, different patterns and super wow. colorful. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's yeah. that's what I like. Yes, yeah. lots of color and yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, so we're bringing we're bringing all of Bring that all to the back. rest of the world. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I am so excited about your program, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us and bringing Def Leppard to learn it from mm-hmm. an '80s song. And I I wish you all the best with it. And audience, check out all that information in the show notes. Thank you again, Mariana, and until next time. <laughs> Thank you. Can I just share one thing? Sure, of course. So uh, with our program, we're going to have an online uh, training because we're looking for instructors to teach our Brazilian dance program. So the first round of people who come will also be considered to be our master trainers and choreographers. So then you'll be responsible for training instructors in uh, your town. So it's very exciting. So hopefully we'll get together and all build our little tribes and spread the the love together. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Guys, group fitness instructors out there who are listening, reach out and, you know, the best way to reach you, tell us, Mariana, the best way to reach you so that they can do that. So you can email us at team, so T-E-A-M at brazilifitness.com. So Brazil with a Y at the end, fitness.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at brazilifitness. Super, super. Well, thank you again. And until next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.